Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Well, hello and good morning, everybody. Thanks much for being here. Happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Happy Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. Happy Valentine's Day, Jason. Do you you have a Valentine? Everybody have a Valentine? My Valentine's asleep right now. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, she's got warm sheets all over. She's wondering when I'm going to come home. Perfect. Coffee. My Valentine gave me this. Lovely. It's a small heart over his left peck. I'm going to wear it all day. (laughs) No, you're not. Oh, yeah. Until it falls off. All righty. Well, that strange voice you're hearing there, the baritone to my first ride, is Michael Points. He's uh, one of the loan officers at Central Coast Lending. Uh, Oddly enough, just wanted to be here today. So uh, <laughs> I found myself accidentally outside at the right time. Just looking for looking for something to do real quick. We got a couple hours we can burn for you, and then you're going to have to find something else to do on your Saturday. Daniel, good morning. Welcome. Morning. How you doing? Pretty good. Well, good. I uh, I got I, I brought some. Uh, look at this. Hey, where's all your papers? Wasn't a lot of a lot of news, not a lot of news this week. So Wait. we're just. I figured we're gonna talk, just talk shop, huh? Yeah, let's here. Talk shop. You can have one of mine. What is this? You're gonna really confuse me this morning because Daniel's usually the one with all the papers neatly laid out. Your and you have nothing. Now you have a bunch of neatly pa- stapled papers and a computer. Don't uh, don't <laughs> read this part, Dan. Right. That I'm not supposed to have this. This is the insider stuff over at one of the investment firms. Mm. It's kind of cool, though. So you're holding the, uh, that's the Global Economic uh, Weekly, right? It is. This is the is. U.S. Economic Weekly. So we get a, a look into, uh, you know, what the, what the insiders would have us know about the economy and what's important. It's very cool. And it's printed on both sides of the paper, so it takes <laughs> twice as long to read. Wow. Do you think that's exciting? Yeah, no, this is good stuff. What did re- you do with it? I see you highlighted part of it. Yeah, I I couldn't get as into that one as I got <laughs> it. The U.S. one was fun because it talks about the Fed watch with the, you know, what's going on with the Fed minutes that are coming out next week. A little bit about housing, things like that. And that one, what's your bullet points say? Uh, I mean, it talks about each of the different areas of the rest of the world. You know, we've got Japan, emerging Asia, Latin America, Australia. There's lots of different um, things. I mean, you you only gave this to me moments ago, so I really haven't had a chance to that's okay to to peruse it and be prepared there's to no, talk about this. There's no test. Um, lots of graphs and charts. I, I mean, really yeah. I really want it. I'm going to send you home with that, and I want you to All know right. that I can get you that every week. Now I have a new inside hookup. Perhaps you can email it. <laughs> <laughs> You're well aware we don't have a color printer. So these were not printed by me. Okay. 
Anyway, that's yeah, exciting. that's cool. Yeah. Hey, you remember last week? Was it Bill from Morro Bay? I think it was Bill. Oh yeah, he called Coastal. He wanted value to, questions. Yeah, he wanted to um, to have us. He was looking for information about how real estate prices um, on the Central Coast compare to other areas of coastal California. And so we tasked our marketing department with that project, and they, they came up with some pretty interesting information. Um, not sure if we want to save that um, for later. I mean, we've got an unexpected guest here, I feel like. Oh, no, we should roll right into what you have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike doesn't seem to have a lot of paperwork either. <laughs> I'm just going to feed off what you're about to say. Okay. Um, there's also a story from this week that I want to share, which I think is just a good lesson for everyone to, uh, to be aware of about recording your interest in real property real fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that is a great story. I do. I want to talk a bit about that as well. Um, but the foreshadow here is we had a, we had a client who, um, went through a divorce, which is not very uncommon. And in the decree was awarded interest in the property as the division of assets went, the property was, um, for the wife and they both used attorneys. So all the paperwork's in order, right? Done deal. I mean, I, I've never been divorced. And so I don't, I don't, I know from what I've seen though, it, it's a long process, a lot of paperwork involved, a lot of stress. I think there's a, a great deal going on in the end. You know, the bank account balances get transferred, credit card debt gets assigned, whatever it is that gets going on. Um, in this particular case, the house was awarded to her, yet nobody ever went and filed the actual instrument that transfers legal title to her. And it became pretty evident through discussion with the client that she was really unaware that there was a there was a formal process that needed to occur. I mean, to her... What she received at the c conclusion of the divorce was a was a um, dissolution judgment. So it's a written document from the courts with a with a pretty lengthy attachment that is <coughs> it spells out all the all the particulars about how the division is going to occur. It talks about spousal support, child support. It talks about division of assets um, and who's getting what. I mean, it's, to be fair, too. Um, she didn't know. No, she didn't know. In fact, she thought that document was it. She that, thought that document let I mean, was it, the transfer. It legally ordered it to her. Right. And it's a filed document with the with the uh, courts. You know, it's it's a matter of public record now. You can go down and and see that document on public record. And so she thought that that was was what it took to now own that house. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you have to go down and sign uh, or get executed a, a deed of some sort, getting your now ex-spouse off of the title of your property. In this case, it wasn't just that we had Jane and John Doe, husband and wife. Um, property was actually in John Doe's name. A, a John Doe, a married man, has sold in separate property. Yeah, uh, that's how it was when they were married. He, yeah. he was the one who purchased the home. And, for, yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah, however they did it, he was the one who purchased the home and had the loans. And, and what wasn't completed was, it's called an interspousal transfer grant deed. Yeah. It's a, it's a one-page form. 
that needs to be notarized easy by the grantor. What does it cost to record that one? Ten page, bucks Jonathan? a page. So it's t it's a ten dollar fee down at the recorder's office. Costs ten dollars to sit in front of a notary at the UPS store, and it costs ten dollars to record the document. It's a twenty dollar process and takes as long as it takes to sign your your name. Yeah, they never did that, and I would I would argue that the uh, the attorney in this case would probably drop the ball. Um, I. To me, and and I have been, I've I've had clients of mine that obviously, I mean, we do refinance loans for um, people where, as they're going through um, divorce, they have the lawyers take care of everything, you know, and and make sure that the paperwork. So I'd, I'll actually have a lawyer send me a grant deed that hey, this is what ultimately is going to be signed and then recorded um others will request it from the escrow agent that we're working with in this case the the attorney really just procured the judgment and did nothing more yeah and it sounds like there was poor instruction beyond that point um the the email that was forwarded to us during this discovery process was that the the attorney said that they typically do not do that, that they usually refer the client to title so that so that the documents are completed correctly. Now, what's transpired in the last seven years is that title no longer facilitates those kind of transactions unless there's an active loan going on. The you know, transferring of title was so willy nilly in the past um, that they've they've kind of limited their willingness to get involved in that kind of situation. Right. As an aside, I think they got their hand slapped ultimately. I Is think, it, yeah, with all of the recording of trust deeds that didn't get recorded. You or, and I buy a house <laughs> together as an investment, and then you get married, so then you want to change yours over to you and your wife, and then you get a divorce, and then you come back to you as an individual. And then we try to get a loan, but... Um, you have bad credit, so now you quit claim it to me, and so now I get us a new loan, and then we have a new loan, so I quit claim it back to you and me. But then the lender didn't agree that it was you and me, so it's a problem. So I think as a rule, title and escrow have been facilitating those for so long, just really decided that you know, unless it makes very clear sense as part of a transaction what we're doing, we're not just going to willy-nilly transfer legal title from one party to another, especially where there's a mortgagor involved that isn't aware or necessarily approving of the changes being made. So this gal comes in for a refi. Yeah. Fast forward seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Want to refinance my house. Okay. So we get up in the thick of the transaction only to find out that um, she's not on title. This was never done. We're made aware the lawyers didn't take care of it, more or less expected her to do it. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Bottom line is she has no title. So escrow doesn't want to move forward with this transaction because this gal doesn't own her house. Um, and they're willing to treat it as a purchase or willing to allow the husband to go ahead and, and sign the grant deed today, which, by the way, I think produces a few um, challenges there. Number one is it, it could potentially be a taxable time to do this where, you know, just the because she was never on title was more or less awarded to her back in 2008. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal as it is today. Uh, but in any case, um, they could the husband, ex-husband could now go sign that form and our transaction could move forward. But here's the total curveball. Well, real real quickly, just to finish off that point, 
the the reason why you don't want to call it a purchase now in 2015 is that the home has increased in value. Oh, yeah. You know, the, one of the big advantage, advantages of owning property is that you set your property tax base. So that expense now is predictable. It doesn't just change with the fluctuation in your property value. Um, you know, with this particular property and, and the value that it has today, it would have increased her property tax base by roughly $100,000, which, you know, that that works out to 1200 bucks a year or so. Which over forever. Yeah, <laughs> is a lot of money. Right. And and that that's not something that she was looking forward what? to. So obviously a refinance was the ideal way to go. And then the curveball came. So, we, you know, we got the forms figured out that she needs to get done. And, and she's great. There's a solution. So let's get that done. And then title, <laughs> title contacts our office again and says, hey, there was something on the preliminary title report that looked a little odd. We researched it. And it turns out that in the past couple of years, your husband had a number of... Of federal income tax liens leaned against the property, totally. And because he was on the on title, the IRS thought that was the well. Yeah, and they do a search, do. right? Yeah. If they're going to attach assets to make sure that nobody can transact, you know, selling this property without paying their liens, they did a search and found that yeah, in 2011, 12, and 13, it was eight, nine, ten, and eleven. And oh, is it eight? Yeah, and and judging by when the liens were recorded, it sounds like the IRS is about two years in arrear. And if the pattern follows, um, sometime in the second half of this year, she could potentially expect another two tax years to be leaned against this property if he's continued not paying his pro his income tax. So a lot of people right now are listening and saying, what a moron, you get what you deserve. I'm going to go here and say, here, this is the takeaway that I want everybody to hear. Go check your title. Make sure it's right. You had loan officers. If you ever refinanced, you had loan officers monkeying around with your title. You had escrow officers monkeying around with your title. Sometimes if you're in those transactions and they take one of the spouses off for credit purposes or whatever, you may not have the correct people on title. Um, it's very easy to look into. You can go request a deed at the county recorder's office. You can call our office. We can look it up for you. Um, how about this one? You have paid for an estate plan. You got all your ducks in a row. You have your assets coded correctly under the trust. You refinance. They don't lenders don't like to make loans to trust. So they usually deed you out of your trust for purposes of closing the loan and then deed you back in. Um, if they fail to deed you back in, your property is not actually under your trust anymore. So um, this is a call to everybody to go ahead and take a look. Make sure that your property is vested the way you believe it should be. Um, if you were divorced, you just go and make sure that what the lawyers said they were recording, they actually recorded. Um, you know, just make a checkup on it. And then likewise, while we're on the topic here, so this is just good advice for everybody. If you own real property, and this, by the way, isn't just your primary residence, but also your that vacation home you have that you you know, bought with your your son and his wife who divorced four years ago because you never had a loan, nobody ever cared, and she's still on title or something. Figure all that stuff out. 
Um, and then likewise, just a, while we're on the topic, um, we've had some estate attorneys on the program before that remind us that um, it's a really good idea to get your uh, your trust and will, those documents, have a checkup on them every so many years to make sure that the people that you're giving your assets to or have made your, um, your medical director, whatever that forms called the medical directive. Yeah. That the people that you've elected to, um, help manage your estate, that they're still the people that not only are they alive, but you still do want things going that way. Uh, make sure all that stuff's all up to date. These kind of things are messy. And, you know, this story that we tell, this is a true story. Um, and I think there's probably a fix in here somewhere. She's going to be able to work with the IRS to prove that there was complete mishap of the paperwork management. I don't I don't have enough Hopefully. experience with the IRS to know that they're reasonable or not. I'd venture to say that they placed a lien at a time when this guy held valid title and it's going to take an act of God for mm -hmm. them to want to release that. So her position now 8 years after the fact is that she's, she's fighting an not battle. on title <laughs> yeah. to a property that she's been making the payment on for eight years. There are now liens on it that they um, total nearly seventy thousand. It takes away all of the equity in and the then, property. And then when you talk about what it takes to remove those, there's probably penalties because they're so sure. backdated. I mean, we're probably talking upwards of seventy five thousand dollars. And what's so unfortunate about this situation is it was completely preventable had title been transferred immediately after property was awarded to right. her and and i get her her side of it that i mean she doesn't do real estate transactions as a normal day-to-day -day practice it's not something that that she understands as, as well as those of us who who do this on a daily basis so it's just it's unfortunate that it was preventable and that it's causing such a huge mess right now well and let's just say that she gets it sorted out but it takes six months the rates are low today. I mean, that that's something where like the the penalty for this could go on for so long. It's real. The whole thing's really unfortunate. Well, so. and what I mean, six months. That I think would be a, a best case scenario. What I worry here is that the husband is incapable of paying those fees, nor is this woman capable of paying those fees. Uh, you know, those tax liens. And this just continues on in perpetuity. And also that, that the IRS just is unwilling to, to budge. They may, they may not be very friendly. <laughs> I yeah, mean, what's their motivation? I mean, and, and that's, you know, the discussion that was had with, with the title officer was that the IRS wants their money and they're unlikely, this was just opinion, but unlikely to, to change anything. And it just goes to show, I mean, there's like, there's so many different instances where title changes, but recording your interest so that the world is aware that this is the way this property is owned is it's imperative to do it quickly, immediately, because otherwise someone else can, can get in there ahead of you. And it complicates matters so much more than they need to be. It's, it's just a great lesson for everyone. What a mess. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. It's a sad situation. It's, yeah. It, it's just frustrating for, for this homeowner. Yeah. And, you know, I in when we started this kind of said, I think most people could relate to the naivety here. Well, you don't do this for a living. You don't understand the significance of it, nor do you realize that. You know, the paperwork that she held in her hand said that this property was hers. 
and and really yeah. that that gave her the 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 entry ticket to be able to force that deed to be signed and get it um, recorded and, and legally transfer the title. But you can totally understand how she didn't know what was going on and what potentially could happen as a result. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and throw us out there. I think you guys, our regular listeners, all know. Um, if you ever are going through something like that where you're transferring title um, without the help of a lender or without the expertise of an escrow agent, because you can get these forms blank, right? I mean, it's, oh yeah, you can Google them and find them. Yeah. So if you're ever gonna monkey around in the title game um, by necessity or just um, weird desire, you can call us for a little help, guidance. And if I couldn't guide you perfectly, I could at least warn you on what to be afraid of. And and maybe even convince you what what significance lies in getting some real help. Um, these are what a mess to unwind, and really an unfortunate thing. Um, you would, you know, in in this particular case, it sounded to me. My limited discussion with these folks is that they, it wasn't a very amicable split. It doesn't sound like they get along very well, and now they have a. Eight years after the fact, so much life has happened, and now they have a major undertaking to attempt to unwind this together. And can you imagine, like the husband, he's not going to be uh, very willing to be helpful and stuff. I'm sure he's ashamed that since they got, she probably divorced him. You're unorganized and you don't take care of business. And now eight years later, his <laughs> lack of paying his income taxes have led them into this position. Uh, I could just, it, it's the perfect perfect place for them to go have another argument or something so perfectly preventable but um again it's something where i just need to get some help and and we're we'll always do what we can to help you guys if you're moving title for any reason um or if you suspect that it was and maybe wasn't done correctly if you don't know you're in your trust or not you can call us and we'll we'll help you figure it out those are the the kind of services that we don't mind providing obviously it's not income producing we don't charge for those kind of services it's just a desire to to build goodwill and help you guys realize uh what what you're doing and whether you're doing it correctly on the lines of of seeking help and doing things correctly when you take a document down to the county recorder's office to record they're not necessarily they're not there to tell you that hey you're you're doing this wrong or you've got the apn wrong no. or you've got the the property description wrong they're recording the document you give them right so you need to seek that help before you actually go down there once something's recorded it's done you know, you can't unrecord something. Yeah, it'll be in there. Um, you could re-record something re over the top of it. But, you but can, you, if you've yeah. made an error and you've done it incorrectly, then it, you have some it weird needs stuff. to be corrected. Yep. So, hey guys, we can do a commercial break here. Take some time out to thank the sponsors. We'll do that. We'll be out for just a couple minutes. We'll be back with another segment of Mortgage Matters. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. Talk to ask FHA, a question, uh, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve. 
and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. Refi or refinance a home. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around. Hey guys, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. It's 9.30. Just got through a a good first segment there. I think just a good piece of advice for everyone. In fact, it was so well received that my mom is now texting me concerned about how she's holding title to her property. (laughs) So it looks like I got a little bit of work to do later today um, to ease her mind. So, Mom, just hang tight. Got another another hour and a half. This is what it looks like. (laughs) Another hour and a half, and we'll address this issue. Um, Hey, we've uh, we've got a caller waiting on the line. Um, Clay is calling in from Paso Robles. Welcome to the show, Clay. Hey, hi. uh, Thanks for the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Last time I checked, uh, they weren't doing refis. I'm in North County, um, Paso Robles on um, manufactured homes, and I wonder if there's been any movement on that. Yeah, manufactured homes have, have, you know, the ability to obtain financing has fluctuated a lot in the last several years. It used to be real easy. They were, you know, back when any loan was real easy. Um, and, and then around the mortgage meltdown time, the, the 2008 to 10 period, it seemed like they were a property that was pretty difficult to finance. And then in the last couple of years, um, most lenders now offer the ability to finance manufactured homes on both conventional and FHA loans. Um, some of the rules are are a little more restrictive depending on the lender, depending on what you're trying to do. So you want to tell us a little bit more about your situation? Um, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, it's something I need to come into one of your offices and check with because there might be some uh, some possibilities. I think it was about... Six months ago or so, my wife did some checking, and um, hmm. and they said, no, manufactured home, nobody's touching it. 
This is a, a this, this is a manufactured home and not a mobile home. Just to clarify, Man, property manufactured. Type. Yeah, it's on a block cement foundation. In a park or on own land? It's on two acres. Okay, and, they, and you actually own those two acres? Hey, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's a kind of loan that we can do. In fact, that's one of the ones that, depending on the year and the size and everything of your home, it's something that we actually can do. And I'll tell you where, where it gets tricky, and Clay, you'll be a help in this, is that it matters if we're going to be able to find comps. Are there other manufactured homes in your area that have closed recently that are a, a, a similar home on a similar lot? Um, if the answer to that is yes, that we can come up with three of those, then typically that's something that we can do. Yeah, um, uh, I'll have uh, my wife take a look at that, and right. I, I would think so. I would think um, so, too. There's it's a more lot of... common in the North County, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it, to, to your knowledge, was, you know, six months a year ago, was it locked up there wasn't uh, no doing no this? there wasn't these guidelines have always been in effect i'll tell you that um in the last no they, six months ago the same rules were true and, and i'll tell you where where this gets confusing is many of the companies like say wells fargo for example if their board decides that manufactured home loans have lost them too much money and they don't want to do them anymore they always tell you that those program types are non-existent so they don't make themselves look bad so so the lender that you check on, especially the the more focused in nature of that lender, um, they you know very particular investor that they work with. If that right, investor doesn't yeah. like it, they won't do it. One of the reasons we structure our company the way we do, we work with fifty different banks. Um, some of the banks we work with will only do manufactured homes. So it's one of these things where it's a function of getting to the right bank. I mean, that being said, um, brace yourselves. It's not an easy loan. Own to do um, okay. the requirements on it are, are pretty strict and you know in the refinance terms sometimes will be shorter the interest rates certainly aren't the ones that you're reading about online these interest rates are usually a little bit higher but it depends what you know a lot of the factors go into figuring out what program you're going to fall in and you know you can you can get an fha loan on a manufactured home many people don't know that but you can we can do that you can also get a conventional loan even for a refinance on a manufactured home so um, there's probably some opportunity there give us a call you know when you guys are up for it the number is 543 loan to our office and we'd be happy to take a look at it for you and figure out um, what we could accomplish you bet. I'll do it. Thank All you right. very much. Thanks, Clay. Have a good day. Happy Bye. Valentine's Day. Hey, same He's to still you. wearing the heart, by the way, everyone. Yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah, manufacturing, just a, I like talking about this a little bit because I think it sheds a little bit of um, perspective on it. Manufactured home loans um, originally were simply just personal property loans. And the a lot of times... Um, People didn't want to view them as real estate or whatever. And the the guidelines for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA began permitting manufactured homes 30 years ago and sort of became how people did it. Where those programs fell apart was when you got too many, they don't want to do it on leased land. So if you're a part of a park, a mobile home or a manufactured home park, because most of those parks will allow both. Um, but as soon as you get into a park where you pay space rent, those programs are no longer possible. And so 
you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Different banks started coming up with different programs. Say, hey, here's a here's a program that we'll do for your manufactured home in a park. And as those things got more popular, I think a lot of a lot of the cities and counties too changed their zoning up to where, in particularly in the city, where you're if you want to do a manufactured or a mobile home, you got to be in a park or you got to be in something that's zoned for it. It is only kind of really in the rural county areas where they still will allow you to place a manufactured home within a, a stick built neighborhood, um, and so then that creates complications of when those things are sort of piecemealed around the community how do you get comps for the appraisal then is there enough of them around have they closed recently um, those are what create the lending challenges there but um, there are opportunities to finance those um, but again it they are hard loans I don't want to give anybody the impression that because there are people no doubt listening today that have a manufactured home and called our company to try to get a loan and and it couldn't be done I mean it, it based on the year, certain combinations of credit score, year of the home, whether it's a single wide or a double wide, is it on hey, own land box. or lease land? Yeah, you got to really hit all of the the key points here to be able to qualify for a loan like this. But, but wouldn't you possible. agree that in the last couple of years, it's loosened up more and more? Yeah, I mean, it, it was this market was completely dead four years ago. Um, and now probably, yeah, in the last 24 months, I'd say we've seen the guidelines come out where, I mean, and, and like it's I really said, more about, it's about bank appetite because the guidelines have always been the same. You know, Fannie Mae allows up to 95% on a single family home and a manufactured home on a refinance right. or a purchase for that matter. Sure. Um, FHA allows up to their standard loan to value limits on single family homes and manufactured homes, but right. it was the banks offering the programs that said, Hey, we're going to put a cap. Um, on the loan to value, or we're going to put a cap on the credit score. We're going to, you know, overlay these guidelines to be more conservative for that property type. Right. Yeah. So tricky loans, but you got to get to the right source. And I'll tell you what, too, this for Clay and everybody else listening. Um, we obviously we're a for-profit business. I'd love to be able to do this loan for you. If I can't do it, um, I have a few tricks up my sleeve about companies in town that don't work with us that might be able to do it too. Um, so, and sometimes there's an issue with your property that you can remedy. So we can give you some advice of something to fix to perhaps be eligible then for uh, a, a conventional loan like that. Um, but great question. Appreciate that. If anybody else wants to call in and ask you a question, uh, we really like those questions. 543-8830 is the number here to the studio. You can ask a question, share a comment. If you're stage fright and don't want to go on the air live, um, Jim's screening calls for us. So you can ask him your question, then he'll type it up on the teleprompter for us. We can answer it without you uh, having to worry about getting in the spotlight. Hey, Mike, you're going to be guest hosting with me next week. That's right. That's right. Because um, Jason, you're going to be out of town. Yeah, I'm going to be a good son. I'm going to go help my parents. Very cool. cool. So, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm. What are you helping them do? Move. Oh, right on. Yeah. Ooh. So since I have a truck and, uh, you know, some dollies and straps and stuff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go help move. I, by and large, it's like, uh, you know, moving a lot of the yeah. garage stuff type of things but hey i'm, I'm excited to get to go down i feel like moving is one of those 
favors that really separates your friends from people that are really acquaintances you know everyone's like sure no problem i would i'd love to help you move but that day it's like where are you text message oh is that today oh darn i forgot the night before man i'm just like so sore i play basketball you're right and i want to tell you that as a friend of many a people that buy houses and move and all that kind of thing my favorite friends are the ones that hire moving companies so if we if we have any that be i yeah <laughs> I was thinking about you, Mike. Um, when you bought your house, you hired a mover. Yeah. And I thought, Mike's a good friend. That's really, that's a, what every friend should do. My wife and I just hang out and say, there, that corner. Right over, over there. there. Careful with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we've got another phone call. We've got Bill calling from Morro Bay. This could be the same Bill who um, called in last week. It is the same, Bill, and uh, I was wondering if you did your due diligence based upon what you said you were going to do so you could get that information for me. Bill, I, sure I want to tell you that my my uh, cohort in crime here, Dan Podesto, <laughs> always does what he says he's going to do. I always deliver, Bill. And yes, we have... Um, we have some really great information. We're going to share it today on the radio. It's also on our website, um, centralcoastlending.com. It's one of the top articles that was just posted, I think, on Friday. And uh, we did some some research, found some pretty interesting things about the different areas of coastal California and how, how property prices, and we also looked at income levels uh, and things like that, how they vary from region to region. And, and then we even uh, took a look at a few of the cities within each region to, to give a a little closer look. When are we going to talk about that? Is it more than 18 minutes worth of talk? It is. Yeah, yeah I think so. I so think the we're top gonna, of the next yeah, hour. Yeah, we're probably going to lead off with the next hour. So if you just want to hang out, Bill, you can hear it live on the radio. If you're like okay, real yeah, anxious, gonna, jump onto the website. talking about it at 10 o'clock. Well, yeah, yeah, we are. Right when we get okay, back. Okay, I'll, I'll be on the, on the radio listening to you guys. I, I'm uh, very excited to hear what you got. Cool. All right, cool. I'm excited to hear what you Thanks, got Bill. too, Dan. I, <laughs> I saw the article get posted. I have not had time. Um, yesterday was another um, crazy day, a very busy week. Um, interest rates it really itched up over the course of the week. Um, not a lot, but heading upward a little bit. In uh, in fact, the ten year. I didn't see yesterday where it closed. Did you see? It was cresting the 2% mark. It closed north of 2. I think 2.01. Boo. 2.02. Yeah, so that's that's creating probably some six-week highs there in the in the bond market. So in the last week and a half, two weeks, the, the yield on that 10-year note, which usually has a direct correlation to the 30-year fixed interest rate, it's moved up about three-eighths of a point. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty big move in, in that period of time. Yeah. True. And well, do we know why? If you want to read, oh, it's in this one. It's in this one. Uh, tell us why. Um, why has it moved so quickly? Oil is still low. Well, what's, what's going on? Number one, you had. Um, well, first of all, oil has sort of stabilized a little bit, uh, and in in so I don't mean that the values have gone up, but the free fall seems to have ended, and it feels like it's going to spin. I was watching. Um, some CNBC this week that was saying that we're likely to see oil at this rate at least through the second quarter. So, so kind of 
everybody anticipating what that means. Um, so in part, so is this bond market move all related to a strong employment report last week? Not, not completely. I mean, the reality of it is, is that things are firming up a little bit, even some of those overseas one, and that's actually in the one you have there. But um, the that's ceasefire agreement that's going right. on now between the Ukraine and Russia is a big deal. Um, there's Greece other their, the. the uh, European Union and yep. what they're doing um, with the banks. Germany. Oh, bottom line is there's been some good news overseas, which have allowed us to sort of uh, wiggle free of those super lows. And what it, what I'll, I'll translate that out to the layman as saying is that, um, you know, generally speaking, good news is um, bad news is good news for the U.S. bond market in that respect, That's where correct. if things are a problem overseas and everything looks like there's turmoil everywhere and it just no, nobody's really certain about what tomorrow holds. That drives the international investors over to buy in the U.S. securities where we're going to be a little bit more stable, cool, calm, collected. Don't have to worry. There's no military actions in our ports. We're not fighting religious wars on our soil. We don't have, um, you know, we just finished our our uh, bailout plans that are starting elsewhere. Um, and so when those things happen, the bond rates go down here. It drives interest rates down. Um, and you can and see the direct correlation. I mean, the Dow exceeded 18,000. It's kind of shoosh. when when that confidence is present, I feel like large cap companies draw more investors in. Yep. You know, because they are globally active over there across seas. And then additionally, we had some great labor market numbers, didn't we? Um, and that means also that the economy is getting a little bit stronger here, which puts us in a position for rates to go up. And then lastly, I'm going to say that I think that's the the final component to it here. Um, the feds have said they may begin to uh, raise interest rates as soon as June. Many of the economists that I track and read are saying that that's likely to not be until September. Uh, but June is certainly still on the table. And that being the case, you got to get those yields um, moving in the right direction to be closer towards where rates are headed to. And, and so that's certainly a part of it, too. Um, and... You know, the other thing that I was reading about, too, in this fascinating little uh, paperwork that I have here, um, there's an improved outlook in the U.S., too, that investors are really latching on to about the U.S. budget deficit. Um, do you guys remember a few years ago, everybody was so concerned about the budget deficit um, and then also the debt and whether or not the U.S. was even capable of surviving it. That budget deficit was big on everybody's radar when it made up about 10% of our um, GDP in 2009. And that's a big number. That's a scary number. Um, and one of the reasons folks have stopped talking about it is that that budget deficit's been down to about, you know, in the 2% range as a portion of GDP. It's no longer the threat that it used to be. So I think that's a part of it, too, is that the – and this is – gives a little bit of explanation as to why the Dow presses on to these record numbers. Those concerns that held us back for years um, aren't really the case anymore. 
Uh, And then additionally, uh, the bond yield's going up this week because next week we're going to get the Fed minutes from last month's meeting. Um, And those minutes are expected to give us some real insight as to what what the Fed might do. But whether... aren't those? But isn't it that very meeting and the announcement from two or three weeks ago that led to a decline in the yield from like the one eight level down to the one six five level? Yeah, but I think this time you're, you know, what what we're anticipating is that the um, probably a little bit more. I mean, looking for whether or not there's any dissension or if there's a unified front that rates are going to be going up. As you well know, this is one of these things where if rates were to go up in June by a quarter of a percent. That'll be the shot heard around the world because it it marks the beginning of new policy that once a foot, how high can it go? Can rates go up a quarter of a point every month for two years? Um, Will they keep it, you know, in June? Will they just hold it? Will um, it go up in September? If it goes in September, you know, no matter what, it feels like it's impending now. And because of that, that additional strength, I think it just means that um, there's not that same uh, safety bet of buying those treasury securities the way that has been a necessity for the last few years. So uh, all in all, I think that the, the meeting this meeting does hold a lot. We'll hang on the words. And I know that we'll we'll be chatting about, well, you guys will be talking about those meeting minutes next week on the show as far as what came out. But uh, we'll, be, we'll be hanging on those words. Uh, we owe the second commercial hour of the break, so we need to go ahead and do that for the sponsors that uh, pay to make this show free to you. So stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state. State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. 
You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. That's your part, Mike. You're the baritone, baby. (laughs) All right, still wearing the heart. Yeah. There you go. Hey, man, I got a six-year-old daughter. Valentine's Day is a pretty big deal. Yeah. So much so that after the show today, I'm going to go buy her a Valentine's Day card or something. I love I love watching you with your kids. I think you're a great dad. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. I one of my kids is here. Do you want to interview him about what kind of dad I am? I think he's asleep. Is that the, is that the starving <laughs> kid back there? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't eat breakfast. He's yeah. really hungry. Yeah. He's shaking his head over there. Yeah. He's got to shake. He's in the newsroom shaking his head. It's like, no, no, stop looking at me. It's interesting, though, because he's, um, he's in seventh grade now. Yeah. So you start getting pretty cool in seventh grade. But more importantly, uh, you, you um, he is cool. Check him out. <laughs> I, I know. He just did a cool thing. He exudes cool. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, they start turning into like real people with sure. big opinions and the way they like to do things. This guy's not a breakfast eater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not a breakfast eater for a while there. That's a weird thing to me. Try to convince him in the morning. Like, you know, I, I read all the thing. You got to have a breakfast, make your brain work. Get can't that, go to school on most empty important stomach. meal of the day. Right? Yeah. yeah. Get that metabolism Eat going. breakfast like a king. You're supposed to have a big breakfast to get your... Yep. He, you can't... I mean, now granted, I mean, if we were willing to buy him Lucky Charms or something, I think he'd <laughs> eat that for breakfast. But the, the wholesome breakfasts that are made around the house, he's not into. So mm. here we are. 10 o'clock. What usually happens? I bet, I bet he's like, you know, had... Recess snack already at work uh, now or at school now. For certain. For certain. Uh, Yeah. So that that voice there that you're hearing, that's Mike Points. And Mike is one of the loan officers at Central Coast Lending. And Mike is going to be co-hosting next week with Dan and potentially one more guest. But I'm going to be out of town. So you guys are going to it's going to be just the twos of you. Yeah, it will be good. It'll be good. Are you nervous? Mike's setting up an itinerary. So that we, that there's like an actual plan. Kind of like Congleton does, huh? Like with the the minute, down to the minute segments. I'm going to be getting my copy of the itinerary next week. The more you get to know me, the more you'll know that I just can't. Oh, I know. I can't do anything without minutes, charts. So what are we going to be talking about next week? Um, I thought we'd talk about a a couple of loan loan programs that I really think are going to make a big impact in the next couple of years. The first one is... Um, a renovation loan. So for those families, most families are, it's no longer are the days where you buy a house, it appreciates, you know, 20% in three years, you sell it, you move up. What's going on now, I feel is like people are moving into the neighborhood that they like, but they might have not got the best house. This renovation loan will allow them to look at options of, you know, remodeling the kitchen, adding that second bathroom or third bathroom, really making an outdoor living space something that they can enjoy here in beautiful San Luis Obispo. 
Um, we'll go over the details of the loan next week, talk to you uh, listeners about what the program will allow them to do, some of the logistics, why it makes more sense to have a contractor going into it. Our banks are not just going to write you a check and then you go to Home Depot and do it yourself. No, no, no. They want to make sure that this project's going to be done in the well way managed. Well managed. Thank you, Jay. And the reason is, this is really kind of the uh, the sizzle I'll sell for next week is they will uh, the bank will help you appraise your property for the value it will be when the project is done and lend you money on that so, based on that final value. Based on the final value, so you can sit down. You can sit down with, um, you know, myself, and we can look over your budget, the contractor that will present, and say, you know, this house is going to be worth a hundred thousand dollars more in equity when you're done. Let's lend against that, so you don't have to come up with cash to get a new marble, marble countertop. Looks That's, like we've got a yeah. uh, call coming in. Yeah, here. we've got someone from way out of town. We've got Clive calling in from Houston, Texas. Hey guys, how are you doing? Pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, quick question for you, and then I'll hang up and listen, because I know you have to go to break. You know, rates are uh, always lower for a 15-year loan than for a 30-year loan. <clears throat> I just was wondering why they don't go down in increments from 30 down to 15, if that's, you know, so that, you know, you could get a lower rate for a 27-year than for a 28-year, that sort of thing. That's yeah, a that's great that, question. Is that, because, is that the way it's always been done, or is there some kind of an underlying reason? Yeah, there there really is. The, and the, here's the reason. Um, mortgage rates aren't set by any one person, board, or entity. They're set by the securities that they go into. And they're, the securities are sort of instruments of like kind where they have a predictable performance. And so a 30-year loan, a 25-year, and a 20-year loan are likely to have a similar performance of you know, somewhere we expect they perform for about 10 years before they're sold or refinanced off consequently that's why we relate a lot of this to the 10-year bond yield but um and then likely into a likewise into a separate security is where 15 years 10 years five years those shorter terms go and so the, and they they earn less interest they're just a different structure and they have a different um longevity performance and so it's because they they ultimately get packaged into completely different securities so you you don't usually see much of a rate difference between a 20-year and a 30-year loan but the difference between the 15 year and the 20 year is always huge. Yeah. If anyone's ever considering going into a 20 year, it's always worth checking out the 15 year because that's where you see that big, that big decline in rate. You see a small decline. Well, really there's no difference going <clears throat> for, between a, th a 30 and a 25. You might be an eighth of a point in, in fee. fee, not in rate. When you go from a 30 to a 20, there might be a half a point in fee, which could on a on a good day translate into an eighth in rate. But it's it's once you get into that fifteen year that you see some real separation in rate. I mean we're three talking, quarters of a yeah, point. half to three quarters of a point in rate difference. Yeah. That's a great question, Clive. I appreciate that. Okay. That was a technical. That was a technical. Yeah. You know, and I, we don't have a lot of time, but I always work this into the conversation I'm having with my clients too is because there's not a great difference in rate or closing costs between a 30 and a 25 year. Um, I usually would encourage people to take the longer term and preserve their ability to make a lower payment if life ever gave them a reason they needed to. A kid going to college or a relative moving in or an investment opportunity arises or sabbatical. Um, but Saving, that yeah. those are that's a great question. We love talking about stuff. We got the top of the hour break. We'll be out for a couple minutes. We'll be back for a whole other hour as a mortgage matter. Hope you stick around.
It's 10 o'clock at News Talk 920 KVEC San Luis Obispo. Proud to be owned and operated by Eldorado Broadcasters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. This is the much anticipated hour here. This is the original hour uh, when we first did the right. uh, the, the original the half show. hour. Yeah, it started at ten o'clock. Was a half an hour show, and then um, Dan talked so much we couldn't fit our show into the half an hour anymore. So we went to an hour. Uh, then we overflowed the hour into the uh, the two hour bucket that we have now, and uh, yeah, so I love this hour. It's my favorite hour. Plus, you know, it also feels good too. It's like you're past the halfway point, right? So you know you're you're just about getting out of here. Did you just give up your sausage McMuffin? I gave it to Jason's starving son. Damn, that was kind of there. Weird. It is there. It is. Wow. You didn't even make him work for it. I usually... <laughs> yeah, have no. him, like, vacuum or something. I don't... Yeah, no. He's over there shaking his head. Nah, I don't need to work for it. I don't usually... I'm starving. F- I need to eat. I'm seventh grade. I usually don't even feed the kids until they've completed some sort of major chore or, you know, something like that. Mow the lawn if you want a sandwich, kid. You earn your keep. So, Dan, you... Uh, Last week, Bill called in, had a, a bit of a challenge for you. It sounded like something you guys were getting close to researching anyway. Well, I don't... I mean, we were actually... Last week, we were in the middle of completing a fourth quarter report, which is every quarter, um, usually the month after every quarter ends, we um, we do a, a real estate report on the county and, and the different areas of the county and how the different cities are performing and... Um, you know, that, that's something we like to keep up to date on so that y- you always have a good idea of, of what the different markets are doing within our county. So we were already in that mode of, of looking at real estate statistics for our area. And then Bill called in and it just I was I, too, was curious about that difference. And, you know, he, he lit a fire. And, and so we got our our wonderful, wonderful marketing um, assistant to help do the research. And we put together a report um, that was pretty interesting. You know, some of this, we have great access to statistics here in our local county. Um, we're not members. We don't have the MLS access and stuff like that, that in the other areas, because they're all regional. So we don't have the regional access to some of the other areas. So our, our sources are a little more limited in getting data for the other areas. But we, we did what we could, and we found some interesting figures. So I'll just dive on in here. We divided California into four coastal regions. We have the North Coast. The North Coast is um, Humboldt, Mendocino, and Sonoma counties. We have the Bay Area, which is Santa Cruz, San Mateo, San Francisco, and Marin counties. We've got the Central Coast, which is Monterey, San Luis Obispo, and Santa Barbara counties. And then we've got the South Coast, which is Los Angeles, Orange, and San Diego. Um... What we found with median home price was a huge variance. 
the Bay Area. So what was your theory last week? Your theory was as you got warmer in the climate that the home values went up because people want to live where it's warm. Uh, no, water temp. Wa- okay, water yeah, temp. Yeah, so, water and temp. And we'll all agree that the water is warmer in Southern California. And by, and by the way, since I'm looking <laughs> at this graph, just to make before you sink me, I'm talking about the the stuff that's like on the beach, like on the west side of of the one, up and down the coast, the 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 beachfront stuff. Okay, okay. So what we found when we looked at regions, so we looked at counties, and granted, not everything within any of these counties is all located on the beach, but you know this is what we have to work with here. Um, the Bay Area far surpassed any of the other areas as far as median home price that the median home price in the bay area for december 2014 was $901,000 shoosh that's a lot the south coast which would be your los angeles orange and san diego counties was second 547,500 so a little more than half, you know, eh, I wouldn't even say it's two thirds of the, you know, it strikes me though. Cause I, I've, I'm not a city guy. And in fact, I don't really even like the city that much. I'm, and I'm not ashamed at all to say that I feel uncomfortable. I don't like the traffic and the hustle and bustle and trash and the, the smell of urine on the sidewalk. I just, there's a lot about the city. I'm just out of my element. Granted, there are some things about it. I really like the last time I was in San Francisco, I went to the top of a tall building and looked out. Um, boy, is that land well utilized. It's like you can almost reach out and touch from one building to the next as far as the eye can see. Up the hills, down the hills, the little islands. The, it's so packed. Oh, yeah. So when I hear that the median price there is 900K... I'm that doesn't surprise me very much on account of um, it is there. It's a supply and demand thing. There's a clear demand and the supply is um, is basically been filled, um, sure. you know, and, and obviously we don't have that kind of density around here. So you got to expect that just because of that, we're not going to be quite the same level of value. But yeah, so I'm hearing excuses. Yeah. no. no. Um, And then as we reach out to the other couple of counties, Central Coast was very close to the South Coast as far as median value. Um, Central Coast was just slightly below at $524,400 for the median home price in December. Um, The North Coast, which I I think this was expected, was the least expensive area with the median home price coming in just over $351,000 for December. We looked at... What is this? Oh, then we broke it down by county, by all of the, what did we say, 13 coastal counties? Mm-hmm. Um, and you would expect some variance, like maybe Orange County or something to be one of the, you know, maybe to be the dip into the, or, or jump into the top three or something like that. No, all four counties that we packed into the Bay Area region were the top four counties out of all 13. Okay. They were the most expensive three counties, or four counties. Um, so that was pretty interesting. I, I I just thought there would be some movement there, but it, it just wasn't that way. Um, and it looked like in the Central Coast, Santa Barbara was really bringing up 
the average of the central coast or the median of the central coast. Um, you know, you go from Monterey to San Luis to Santa Barbara and the median home price gets gradually more expensive. Um, Orange County was the most expensive in the Southern California region. Sonoma County <clears throat> was the most expensive in the Northern or North Coast region. So it was, it was pretty interesting to see all of that. We did just take a random sampling of cities um, in each area to show you how the different cities could fluctuate a little bit. Um, now what we saw, and, and here's where maybe some of, of what you're talking about, Jason, does prove to be true. Of Hit the, me. Of the cities that we sampled, Malibu was the most expensive um, by far. $2.5 million median home price in Malibu. Um, That's expensive. Yeah. In the, of the 12 cities that we sampled, um, Bolinas in the Bay Area was second at a little under one and a half million Sheesh. median home value. Santa Monica was third at a little over 1.1 million. And then San Francisco, it just kind of volleyed back and forth between Bay Area and Southern and uh, South Coast. Look cities. at Santa Barbara ch clocking in at a million, yeah, basically, just, median just home value. Pismo Beach was at a median home price of seven, a little over 700,000. Um, and then when you got up into the North Coast area, I'm familiar with areas like Fort Bragg. That's where I um, have gone over you know, my life to go abalone diving and scuba diving, um, here in California is, uh, Fort Bragg area. Median home price up there is less than 350,000. It's because the water's so cold. It's cold, but man, it's beautiful. And it's, it's, uh, it's still some of that old untouched, um, like coastal farmland kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's in, just really beautiful. Obviously area. it probably goes without saying, but, um, this stuff's glaringly tied to economic opportunity in the area that too. is true and so i mean that ties right into where you know if you look at economic opportunity of these four counties the bay area has clearly got an incredible economic opportunity in most every facet of business complete with international trade um airport you know everything they have there and and i obviously i think um san diego the the south coast as you defined it with la and san diego that likewise has a pretty great economic ap opportunity um surprising is that the central coast without as much economic opportunity here um has some pretty pretty great values for yeah, yeah that's just, i mean that's the paradise tax right it is and and that's something i, I do want to talk a little bit more about but jim do you want to say something yeah did um i remember the town of bodega coming up in the conversation bodega Bay. did and, and which is still tourist and largely thanks to the birds still and i'm just wondering did you see anything oh, yeah. numbers for that i yeah. birds yeah. you know we we had to to limit some of the um the cities, you know, we, we went with some of the more major cities in the North Coast region. We looked at Eureka, Fort Bragg and Mendocino, um, you know, Bodega Bay areas probably right between the, I guess, Fort Bragg and Mendocino or is it south of Mendocino? I don't know. My map skills are struggling right now. Um, but, you know, Mendocino area was was right around five hundred and seventy five thousand. So a big jump. The North Coast is really interesting. You could see it by counties. You could also see it by cities. As you got further south in the North Coast area, mm -hmm. prices moved up dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, the further north you went, and I think Jason's spot on with his, his interpretation here is that it, it ties directly to economic opportunity. 
as far the the furthest north city that we looked at was Eureka, the median home price was by far the lowest at two hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars. I mean, this is a coastal California city. It's I mean, that's a that's a low price. Mm. Um, but to see Mendocino at the southern end of that same region at five seventy five, that's a that's a that's an expensive home. Sure. Um, so we have a great I, I noticed the variance in the prices seem to be most dramatic in that North Coast area. Um, once you get north of the Bay Area, the economic opportunities are much more limited the further north you get. And, and the values definitely followed that. Um, so to, to speak more to that, we, we, we wanted to dive into the median household incomes for the different counties and areas. And, and obviously, as, as we expected, the Bay Area had the highest incomes. Marin County led. Um, Marin County is a beautiful area. I, I think... That's just north of San Francisco, it's, right? Like, it's north of the Bay Bridge. It's okay. uh, it's um, a beautiful area. It's where a lot of the the richest people in the Bay Area live. I mean, it's. I think it volleys back and forth with some areas of Connecticut as some of the most expensive real estate in the country. Um, from month to month or year to year, you'll see Connecticut rival Marin for, for tops in that area. Marin County came in at... at, at um, a median household income of above ninety thousand dollars per year. San Mateo was second at eighty-eight thousand, um, and this was out of all thirteen counties. And then third, real close third, was San Francisco County at a little over seventy-five thousand uh, per year. Orange County, was and that's fourth. household per. This or is household per person. household income. Hmm. Um. What was interesting, uh, as expected, I guess, the Humboldt and Mendocino counties in the North Coast were were by far the lowest at just over $40,000 per year of, of median household income. Um, Sonoma County... Um, that's probably really just because they are just like growing weed and not yeah, reporting their income. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they probably make more money, but yeah, less of it is reported to the IRS. Um, so anyways, we'll let you think about that a little bit. <laughs> Uh, what I found to be most interesting was that the Central Coast area, almost all three of the counties, there was a very tight range. The The low end was San Luis Obispo County out of the three counties um, at 58, a little, a little less than or a little more than $58,000 per year. And the top end was Santa Barbara County at a little less than 63000 So less than a $5,000 range um, for the median household income for the Central Coast counties. But... When you looked at the home values, there was just the greatest They're disparity. They're proportionally, though, like proportionally disgusting. The average wage cannot buy the average house. Right. I mean, it, it just was apparent, you know, with, with a median home price in the Central Coast and the South Coast being so similar, the income disparity was a lot greater. You know, we saw Orange County come in at the fourth highest county median income at 75,000 and it was a hundred dollars or so away from being third. Um, and San Diego County was, had an, had a nice income right around 63,000. So it was what, what we came to, the conclusion we came to was that in the central coast, there is a paradise tax. You have to, do, you, in order to be a homeowner, you need to move coast, here with wealth. You have to, you have to somehow be, you have to be more creative. You have to do more with less. 
is what we concluded. You have to be more resourceful to become a homeowner in the Central Coast. I got pitched a bunch of questions <laughs> yesterday, Dan. Oh, by the way, great job. I- I'm sure Bill would agree. Um, I got I got pitched a couple questions yesterday um, from a fellow that was just trying to, I think, trying to kind of prove a point to himself, but um, talking about the difference between um, in San Luis Obispo, parts of the county, how much down payment is made. And and again, I started sharing those stats. Our, our average loan amount for our company year over year, um, and, and it's been kind of keeping up with the rebound of real estate, as I would say, you know, from 2010 to today, the, the average loan amounts increased by about 20%. Yeah. Well, not no, quite. no, not even. I'd say maybe 10%. 10%. For three years running, our average loan amount for all the loans that we did over the entire year was $275,000. Yeah. I mean, it was it varied by a couple hundred bucks from year to year. It was pretty... In, I was shocked at how consistent it was. Last year, it bumped up to about 300000 but I also think that has to do with the reemergence of jumbo loans, ju- the availability of jumbo lending. Sure. Um, I think if you probably took the jumbo loans out, you'd still see that two seventy five. So then over. the questioning become, you know, and so I shared, you know, last year was about three hundred thousand. Before last couple of years, before that, it's about two hundred seventy five thousand. Uh, you can't buy houses around here for three hundred thousand bucks. So it, not the average house anyway. So what does that mean? Well, it means that people have got equity and people have got down payments. So many of the people that buy houses that, and, and I don't think it's just us. I think if we polled all the lenders around the county, we'd find a similar type of thing uh gift funds man there's family money around here people putting big chunks of money down um this week i closing escrow with a, a young couple here that's uh, buying their first home and their down payments one hundred fifty thousand dollars. that's that's a good chunk of money to be able to put down on buying your first home um, so we see a lot of that in this county, and I think that that's part of it. You either move in here with wealth, or you've got some family here with wealth that is willing to, you know, scratch some deal to help you get a pretty good down payment. Um, but well, and think about that that loan amount too. When you're when you're financing that with a thirty year loan, and you're you're factoring in your taxes and insurance, you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of about two thousand dollars a right. month. So and, by the median income of fifty five thousand, what is the median? Uh, for San Luis Obispo County, it was, it was just under fifty eight seven hundred. Yeah, so you're talking that person's bringing home five thousand dollars a month for their total house payments. Be well, not bringing home, but gross pay. Yeah, total house payment is two thousand dollars a month. So that's rounding out about a thirty percent debt to income ratio, um, which is really like in line with what the yeah the federal standards are thirty really thirty to forty percent. So that's about the norm. Um, so it's it's kind of fascinating when you break it back down that way. Um, you know, and then of course the the outliers. The other day I was cruising um that the uh Slow County home site, obviously a, a great favorite, a ton of information. Um I go to Wes Burke's um, website to look at uh, listings, and I'm always looking at listings around the county for a variety of reasons. And uh, I I was blown away um, looking at Templeton this week. Have you looked at Templeton recently? Mm -mm. 
there are some homes in Templeton. I mean, one of these, you should check it out. It's like, I know you guys like to watch the flipper flop and um, those shows on oh, yeah. um, the home remodel network channel, HGTV. whatever that is. There you go. <laughs> um, that stuff's fascinating though, right? Get a look into somebody else's house and ideas about what you might do in yours. But um, I was looking, I couldn't help but look through the listings of Templeton. There are some amazing properties up there. One of them was like this $5 million place that looked like, I mean, I, it had to have been some celebrity home with a built-in movie theater and uh, I mean just crazy. But um, that, this is on one of those shows. No, no, I'm just saying. Oh. Looking at look, go look at the listings. Like go to west <laughs> westburk.com. Yeah. The the search function to look at listings around the county is really simple. You just push a button, slide square footage, click for bedrooms. Um, I just looked at only Templeton. Um, to look at the listings that were there with no max price. And it reminded me again that there are some parts of our county that are um, amazing. Uh, the the properties that are around and um, the what you could buy in this county is wild. We definitely have some rich people around here. It's pretty eye-opening. Um, you, you got it wrong there because you put an E on the end of it. So now I you're it now. Yeah, you hey, got Wes it. is going to let me know about that too, I'm sure. <laughs> there was one other um, part of this uh, analysis that we did, and it was just days on market to see how fast these different markets are moving. Oh, I bet those really expensive ones are um, selling pretty fast, right? All, you know, all four regions in the count uh, in the state were were well above normal marketing times. The longest Days on market was the North Coast at 66 days. I mean, that's just a little over two months to market a property. Normal, a normal real estate market would suggest that marketing time should be 90 to 100, and, or yeah, is it 90 to 120, 90 to 180? It's like three to six months, I think, is is uh, normal marketing time. Um, so all three regions were under. Um, when we broke it down by county, <clears throat> what I thought was just fascinating was San Mateo County, 20 days on market. That's fast. That's, I mean, what is going on there? San Diego was second at less than 30 days on market. I think if they're selling that fast, you sold for too little. It's incredible. And San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco was third at just over 30 days that's on the, market. That's the seller in me. Um, I mean, we've heard a lot of nationally. There's been national news about San Francisco and the crazy things that are going on there. So I expected that. But San Mateo and San Diego are just... I mean, amazingly fast markets. San Luis Obispo came in right at uh, about 55 days on market, which was right in line with the with the uh, the regional uh, number as well. Sure. So and you know, the, and that's stuff. the average though. You got to believe in San Luis. Uh, if they're if you're in the market for real estate, you know this to be true. Um, everybody's got an auto alert set up now. If a new listing hits the street, um, they'll, they're getting snatched up real fast. Dragging those numbers to the high side are some of those million plus homes that take a special buyer to come along. And you got to figure that's going on in some of the other regions too. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's a function of what goes into that average, but you said San Mateo is at 20 days though. So you got crazy, <laughs> reckless people just going, making big decisions on high dollar real estate real fast because you just have to.
Yeah, it's it's wild, wildly competitive in the Bay Area. They're they're hurrying to buy these extremely expensive homes in the Bay Area. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's wild. wild. So um, there we have it. Next week is typically Wes's week. Is he he's not going to be on? No, no. We're uh, uh, like we talked about last hour. We're going to have Mike points on. He's a Central Coast Lending Loan Officer. We're looking at um, adding a a guest of, of his choice because Mike's going to kind of lead the charge this next week. And then we're going to bring on, I think possibly Keith bird, uh, for the last show of the month. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I like about Mike, uh, there's a lot of things I like about him, but, um, I like the newness that he brings to the office because he hasn't been doing this for the, like more than a decade. Like us, he still thinks in terms of the, um, I mean, he's he's studied up and knows these loan programs really well, but he still thinks like the guy off the street, the non-industry pro. You know what I mean? He's thinking about the the loan programs and the way the the different choices within the loan terms and interest rates and all those things that the way that a that a consumer really views them. And um, so I, I think it'd be a good a good segment next week for for you guys to hear. Um, and, you know, and Mike's he's a he's an intelligent guy. He has big background in insurance and. Um, only recently made the the switch over to um, choosing this new career of of being a loan officer for a living and um, impressive guy. I mean, I in my career I've not seen many that come out of the gate like he has. It's the middle of the hour, so we got to do a commercial break. We got to sneak one of these in. Um, do stick around after this short break. We got another half hour of Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. 
A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, during the break, we got a phone call of somebody wondering how you could. Uh, I was talking about looking at real estate on Wes's website. Um, it's WesBurke.com. So it's W E S B U R K.com. Um, particularly on, on the screen right here in the studio, we've pulled up this listing in, in Templeton. It's 4.9 million, 4.99. Keep scrolling down though. Check this place. This is a compound. That's a, that is definitely a palatial, um, and that's like huge. Yeah, keep going. Wait till you see the movie theater, and uh, I mean it's it's unbelievable. It looks it's, it's a, a movie set. This whole seven property. Wow. Look at the look interior. A, look at the vaulted ceiling in that room. The, these, awesome. And there are a handful of properties like this in Templeton. It kind of blew my mind, um, and it was I was scrolling through this. Um, Billiards not, room, billiards I'm, room, even. I'm not ashamed to say that I make wow, more than the median there's, income. There's the movie theater for our county, but looking at this stuff, I'm like, who can live here? <clears throat> this is crazy. It's got to be a, It's got to be like some Hollywood type or something that has the house now. I mean, who can pay five million dollars for a house? Well, yeah. There's there's people that can. We can just go right out a check right now. And then the property taxes. <laughs> the property taxes yeah. on that place. Well, uh, you know, if you got $5 million yeah. to plunk down on $5,000 a month in property tax? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. How does that, I, that? That doesn't even add up. And I think if you can ha uh, look at this, man. The little they have a poker room and a billiards room. It's wild. Card room and a billiards room. Ooh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> let me give a little plug for this tool. So first and foremost, I mean, this is, this is a real estate mortgage economic show, right? You know, there's the lake. Oh, they have their own lake with the boathouse. A lot of people do online searches to look at real estate around the county. And let me just say to you, mm. uh, first and foremost, you're wasting your time if you're using more than one site, okay? These... These different IDX searches are all coming from the uh, the same database. So you don't go to your favorite realtor.com um, and, and look there and then go, oh, well, I wonder what Remax has. And then I wonder what Sotheby's has. And I wonder if I'm going to find anything if I go over to, you know, X company. Um, really, the interface here to get to the database is what's critical. I really love these ones that the Patterson Realty Gang have. Um, they're designed by Keith Bird and his team. You easily select yourself a city or multiple cities. Um, find yourself uh, how many days on market. Some people think that's a good strategy. Dan, you were talking days on market a minute ago. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to everybody? Um, hey, 
maybe there's a deal that's like ripe for the picking because it's been on market for a hundred days. These people are desperate to sell now as they've been waiting. Um, to me, the cynic in me says, yeah, you've been on the market for a hundred days because you're overpriced or there's something wrong with your property or you're next to the swine unit. There's some reason your place isn't selling. I'm going to um, bring up one thing about this home. Yeah. Normally you have like three bedrooms, two and a half bath. Whatever. It's a three bed, eight bath, three bed, eight bathrooms. Yeah. So clearly crazy? you're for entertaining, I guess. Three okay. bedrooms and 7,000 square feet. Sure. And, and eight and eight bathrooms. Eight. Well, I mean, clearly <laughs> there's going to be a lot of eating and drinking going on. Well, at that maybe extent. maybe you could do away with the card room and convert that to a bedroom. Yeah. No. Uh, why would you do that? No, I'm not just. I'm you just need saying a bathroom that, for your card room. You okay. need a bathroom for your movie theater. You need a bathroom okay. off the kitchen. And a bathroom for your billiard room. Probably want to put a bathroom right next to your laundry room too. Bathroom in the boathouse. Bathroom for every bedroom. Of course. And yeah. then just like a general guest bath. Yeah. Are we at eight yet? The parlor mm -hmm. bath. Yeah. Yeah. You might even need okay. more bathrooms. That may, that's mm. just that just makes sense. Maybe a bathroom off the garage. This place says that a quarter mile away on this listing, a quarter <laughs> mile away, there's another um, house for the servants. <laughs> and they put it a quarter mile away because you don't want to have to see where the help stays, but you need to be able to get there fast. <laughs> I just, it's a whole nother level, man. Wow. So it's kind of fun to look through these wow. listings. Um, Dan, there's a property that, uh, as long as we're on the topic here, I thought you and I should probably look at. Um, I think it was in the Santa Margarita search. There's a ranch of like... Um, 3,000 acres or something. It's got a hunter's lodge and uh, several guest homes. A really a remarkable property. I had no idea something like this existed around here for sale. And we only needed, um, I think it was six and a half million. Sweet. That's right in my wheelhouse. So that's that's good. And then, I mean, and it's fun to sort of like look through there and fantasize about what life would be like to be able to have that kind of stuff. Um, but boy that's that's crazy to think that there are people that have the ability to live like that it's just it's fascinating to me i have a good time looking through all the listings and um enjoy the and and the photographs today are so spectacular that you, you can really get a good idea of what these properties look like um Speaking of which, I read this week that the National Association of Realtors is lobbying the government right now to be able to use drones for uh, marketing real estate. What do you think about that? It seems, I mean, it seems excessive, it seems doesn't unnecessary. it? I would buy that, but I'd like to know what it looks like from the sky. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not interested in buying it if I can't see how it appears from above. Um, no, I think the idea is to I give mean, you a little you overview. Already, but can't you already get that from Google Maps satellite view? Kind of. The drones thing, uh, we don't see too much of it around here, but I have some friends from the city that say that it's like a problem. Um, drones flying around the neighborhood at night with cameras attached to them. You have no idea what they're doing or who's controlling yeah, what they're it looking is weird. for. And they're relatively inexpensive, so a lot of people can get yeah. their hands on them. And, and now there's some of them are like filming the police mm. 
uh, you know, pulling people over. They'll fly their drone over and film the the thing to make sure that the cops are being honest or whatever. Um, but there's been other crazy stories about the people that live in like the high rises where. You know, I I don't know. I don't know if you stomp around your house in the buff or whatever. Uh, some folks do. I think mm -hmm. if you lived on the twenty first floor, you could um, feel pretty free you about could it. Feel okay about <laughs> yeah. it. And then all of a sudden, yeah. there's like drones hovering yeah. up, looking right through your 21st window. Twenty first floor. Um, that's pretty weird. Uh, well, there was some, something too where a drone got into the path of an of an airplane sure. too. Yeah, it could a, get sucked up into right the there. turbine and big crash a jet and kill yeah. 400 people. That's exactly. not cool. Yeah, um, I imagine probably pretty quick here the drone things are going to be made like uh, completely illegal for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe rightfully so. I mean, I don't, I don't have one. I kind of want one every now and again. Um, like I was. Uh, Oh, a few months ago, I took the family up to Santa Cruz. We went and camped in Santa Cruz and then went down to um, Steamers Lane. You guys ever go to Santa Cruz? Not recently. Well, you know where the little boardwalk dealio is. Santa Cruz sits on the bay. Steamers Lane, out like where the lighthouse is, there's a, <coughs> um, there's a killer break where there's an epic surf. And you can stand right up on the bluffs and look down at guys like catching epic waves right there. Oh. Uh, and some dude was flying a drone off the little cliff right there, getting them down like right above the waves and filming like with the surfers in motion as it cruises along. I'm like, man, that's awesome. That is so cool. Well, I was just thinking, you know, that you go and you're going to go to the beach and surf for the day and you're, you check out this spot, you check out that spot. How cool would it be to just fly your drone along the beach and, and find the right spot without having to drive all the places? Yeah. Awesome. I don't know what kind of range They don't have that are. range. I think the way that – because they're electric powered and most of them can really only fly and do anything. It, it, obviously, it's directly related to weight, but they could really only fly for like 15 minutes. So you have to – Well, Dan, a couple of weeks ago, you talked about that guy that did um, the drone footage out at Morro Bay. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's He's, unbelievable. Yeah, it's so neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, one of a, a friend of mine that's actually a realtor posts stuff quite regularly, and he did Morro Bay, um, but then also recently did one of Avila going off of the Cal Poly Pier out there, went up above Avila. It's amazing. Those things are pretty cool, mm -hmm. but obviously they're you know we need some rules about There's where issue. yeah where you're going to be able to use it. Well, yeah. in the danger thing, I think too. Oh yeah. Um, you know, what if one of those things comes down on the freeway or, yeah, gets caught in a plane's propeller or something? That's, mm -hmm. not, yeah. that's not a good thing. So, yeah, but NAR is particularly interested in realtors being able to use them to market property. And I thought to myself, well, I get that. The aerial view is going to sell a house better than, like, you know, what the kitchen looks like. Come on. And I thought to myself, there that's a weird thing. That's where you want to dig your heels in. That's where you want to throw your fight is that you you really need to be able to do. So if you guys end up with a realtor on the show next week, you might talk about that, find out what the real what's the real deal there. But some of these listings though, like those ones in Templeton, they've got aerial photo photographs now on a lot of them. Like it's pretty common. Um, so is it fully illegal then to use a drone to sell real estate? Why is NAR going into lobby? It must be against the rules. I don't know. So then are these realtors in violation? Huh. 
Yeah. Hey, I I did prep some stuff up. It was a light news week, but I came up with a handful of the regular things to talk about. Initial jobs claims, retail sales, that kind of stuff. I do want to do that. We have to do a commercial break and we have a phone call. We need a three hour show. Let's do the phone call and then the break. So let's go let's do it that way. Keep the caller from where Marilyn calling from Slow Good Morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for the presentation. Your marketing group did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, wow. I I no other place you can get all those comparisons that you did. There's really not. No, we had to go to a number of different sources to put that all together. Yeah, well, I I realize that, and I think it was a great job. Thank you. And so that's all. all right. I have, you know, I listen to KVEC a lot. And I listened to your ad, which is really good. But something, one thing bothers me, because my mother was an English teacher. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I hate having me in. There is no such word as me, apostrophe, in. And you always say me and my staff, and it should be my staff and I. My staff and I, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your, your property you. or your... That's you, know, like, you, buddy. Like, you know, instead of saying me and Dan, it should be right. Dan and I. Yes. I agree, Marilyn. You know, I talk to him about this every week, and he just, yeah. Well, let's face it, Dan is the more important person in the room anyway. Is that on a commercial? Is that on a commercial? No, you're just talking about the normal uh, yeah, conversation. Yeah, actually, right? you do have... We need to fix that one. There's a well, commercial. Yeah, there's me they, and my all staff. All kids say uh, that, and I... Get after my grandchildren I can't, all the time. Uh, hey, Marilyn, thanks for bringing it to my attention. I'll have to keep a better eye on it. I, I'm completely unaware of having said that. Really? Yeah, completely. <laughs> and I want you to know this. Um, we got a phone call one day from a, um, a listener of the show that I really, really like immensely. Uh, called to tell me that... Somebody on the show says, you know, like every other statement. And I, immediately I thought, it well, that has got to be me. So I and became I self-conscious it of it. And, and then, then I think just because we were thinking about it so much, we started saying, you know, constantly. Because we were thinking about it too much. <laughs> Isn't and, that weird? Yes. How, that, you know, uh, how you pick things up like but those, that. But you know, we don't listen back to the tapes of the show very often, as we probably should, so that we could pick up on more of those verbal tics. It's very have. difficult <laughs> to hear yourself speak like this. You know, it's a, anyway fascinating thing. Thanks for pointing it out. We'll do our best. We'll play that commercial right now in the break, Marilyn. All right. Oh, thanks. just for Marilyn. Thank thanks. Bye. Bye bye. All right. We do need to do the last break here. When we get back, I do want to go through some of the the little economic data. It was a snoozer week economically, but there's a few things I just wanted for the people that listen just to hear that. Uh, don't want to leave it out completely. So stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. Refinance a home. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. 
Central Coast Lending. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Hello. <laughs> I guess we're back. The music bumper didn't fire. Sorry. And oh. we played the wrong commercial. It didn't yeah, say me, didn't. And me and my staff. Maybe I could still find that one. There is one. Marilyn's right. I, I'm not doubting that, but I'm I'm sort of horrified to know that exists. Mm -hmm. I know I have some verbal tics, and I I'm working on it. I and I appreciate them being brought to my attention so that I can. I could try to find it, but you know, yeah. He said, you know, I have some friends I, on. I, maybe it's me that says, you know. It is. You, you do say that a lot. Mystery solved. It's, it's uh, not I don't. you. No, I don't we know. We all say it a lot. It, far too often. I find myself saying it too much still. And it's sort of like that sore thumb that you are going to hit the hammer. Hey, at least I don't say like, you know. Like, like you know. Like, 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 you know. Right. Oh, you started reminding me of that guy that writes articles for the Tribune that I've, I'm so disenchanted with right now. One of the editorial guys? I forget his name. It's probably better that I don't say it anyway. Wrote some article recently about the slang, people oh, right. saying, yeah, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Here we go, yeah. You're tuned in to Mortgage uh, Matters. This one? Uh, uh, that's not no. it. Hmm. Maybe here. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage and experts staff. help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, yeah. on budget, mm. with no surprises. Give All Central right. Coast we'll Lending a call today. <laughs> it's hard to do for a little freshening up anyway. Well, this right. commercial jingle is still kind of catchy. Yeah, but we could change the the meat. I keep waiting to find out that somebody like leapt from a tall building because of this jingle. Mm. It it drives a lot of people nuts. 
Because it's good. We're probably losing business because it of this. does exactly what you, it's supposed you know, to you do. You guys aren't here much during the week, but I'm here during the week. And one of the thing fires here, you can hear it sometimes out in the hall. People sing. And, and we have like Stephanie over in the traffic department, and uh, she'll be walking around and she'll be singing this jingle. It's catchy. It's like Stephanie. It is knock catchy. it off. Don't not but do business catchy. with us because we made a catchy, <laughs> successful, annoying jingle. But it is. It is good. That's the point. One of the things on my notes, since you guys have only left me eight minutes now, is uh, check this one out. Cash Call. Have you guys heard of Cash Call? Mm-hmm. You ever see them? Yeah, they have lots of money to spend on advertising. They have a little less this week. Oh, why is that? Um, they had to pay a million dollars this week to settle. Um, I like it when you pay to settle allegations. They, they're settling allegations. Um, not a big deal, I guess. Deceiving consumers, uh, exceeding interest rate caps, um, and lying to regulators about how much they would charge consumers. I freaking hate cash call. Their commercials are so deceiving. They're, and it's like, the rates are so unrealistic. They're so unrealistic that... It, it sets the bar for how slimy you could be. And it, it does. It causes us some grief, though, because even with our loyal following of um, clients that are only willing to do loans with us or at least allow us to give them their a second opinion or whatever, uh, the cash call ones are it, it, all you it, they're so hard to rebut because all you can say is it's just flat out lying and people it doesn't sit well with many people to just that you're going to call me to say how come you're not as good as cash call and then my response is well because they're a liar um and now what we found out this week is they're paying a pretty hefty little settlement for the fact that they weren't being honest about um the deals they were giving consumers sadly though you think they made a million bucks with all those deceptive commercials is that what the penalty a million bucks yeah, they made they made way more than that a hundredfold. Uh, I I watched a documentary on Netflix not too long ago about some of the companies that do that, um, and and largely it happens in the health, like the weight loss pills and stuff. They'll just full blown lie about the representations and then come back and get fined twenty million dollars. But the fines just part of their business plan. They made eighty million. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I don't like those deceptive practices. We do our best to to not have that in our company. That being said, you always troll your lowest rate with your ideal scenario. And when somebody calls in, how come I can't get the 3.5% that you're advertising? The answer is you can, but the fees are excessive. Um, Interest rates themselves are really always the same. It's the fee to every rate that changes. And because we're really conscientious about helping a, a client analyze the relationship between the interest savings you'll make over time against the initial cost, generally people don't buy down to that lowest possible interest rate. Um, but that's sort of the norm for advertising within our industry. Um, I, other little items here quickly to discuss this week with that bond yield going up. Here's an interesting piece of info. Retail sales fell 0.8%. Um, January, they fell, uh, I'm sorry, December, they fell 0.9%. 
that's not good news when retail sales are falling. And generally, Two months in a row. Ge- yeah, that's sort of a little bit more than a blip. You can't yet call it a trend, but people will be watching those numbers closely. Usually when retail sales are shrinking, that means that GDP is going to be less than was previously forecast and uh, various implications for the overall economy. Not necessarily good news. Usually that drags the bond yields down and interest rates down a little bit. Not this week. There was enough other good news that um, kept cruising along. Thursday, we learned that initial jobless claims increased by 25,000 um, to 304. Still a very good number, but we were that four-week moving average was touching down into the low 280s, um, and we we're at 289,750 now. Um, on the on the four week moving average of increase or I mean initial jobless claims, and the thing there of course, and those numbers are fine. Those are really at pre recession levels, but heading back up a little bit for the last few weeks. Got to wonder if there's something afoot there. Um, and let's see what else. Oh yeah, cash call paid a million bucks for deceiving people. Maybe I already said that. Um, Really interesting piece. Uh, we don't have enough time about it. May I forward you guys this as a potential topic for next week? I gave myself about a page of notes on um, the oil market uh, as it relates to consumers. And we're starting to see this word now. Um, disinflation? Deinflation? Deflation? No. Deinflation? And, and it's being described now as um, a transitory condition, not, not deflation. That means something different. And this is temporary because of the cost of oil plummeting. But some stats about the economies that the oil cost um, is, is really hurting. And then it, it's having, obviously, a pretty good effect on the strength of the U.S. dollar. Um, so perhaps you guys could talk about that next week on the show, or I'll save it for two weeks. These oil prices, from what I'm reading, are expected to remain this way through the second quarter, uh, at least at this point. So good news for some, terrible news for others. Um, but altogether, it's it's lowering the cost of the consumer on on more than just your, your gas bill at the fill-up. Guys, I, I do want to remind you here that... Um, our company, the focus of our company is to, uh, we finance real estate. We finance your your primary residence, your investment property, help you buy that lake house or um, the ski chateau up in the mountains, whatever it is that you're looking at. Um, if you have a loan and you're, you're curious if you're paying too much or if you could lower your payment, you want to get rid of your mortgage insurance, um, there's a variety of reasons that you might call. I encouraged you all earlier in the show, make sure your title's in good standing. Make sure that you um, are currently vested legally the way you intend to be. And while you're in there double checking on that, look at your loan too. Make sure that you um, have the term that meets your financial objectives. Maybe you deserve a a 15-year loan so you could retire a little bit early. Uh, Any of those kind of things, if you want to explore, that's what we really like to do. You can call us at 543-LOAN. That number rings all of our offices around the county. Also, uh, find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Go and read that article that Dan and the staff put together this week. Thanks much for being with us. We'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters. Have a great week.